Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's 2018. Happy New Year, Amy. Happy New Year to you as well. Did you have a nice holiday? I did. I uh, spent the uh, the New Year and uh, the week of down at my parents in Louisiana. So got out of uh, the, the frozen tundra of Nashville, Tennessee. And got down to uh, to the south a little bit. It was it was still cold down there though. Uh, it's nice. cold everywhere. I think right now. It is. It is very cold here. Yes, but it's the winter, and it is. It's supposed to be cold in the winter. So yes, there you go. So we're prepared for it. Lots of fires and things like that. That helps yes. helps keep warm. Lots of coffee, lots of blankets. So, but that's good. All right. Well, Amy, it is the first of the year, and we are excited to have once again in 2018 the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary along with us as our partner here on SBC This Week. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. So I saw some, some great pictures of Southern over the break, uh, some pictures actually of Southeastern too. Y'all, y'all had some great uh, Christmas card-esque pictures that you posted uh, over the break during uh, the Christmas season of 2017. Yeah, Christmas is a nice time for the campus pictures, just really beautiful places, and um, it, it's kind of fun to, to put those out. Yeah, it does, Amy. Uh, the gorgeous seminaries that we have here in the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, the snow on the ground, those pictures, the Christmas decorations, uh, always photogenic. So uh, it's really cool to see those. So, Amy, it's our first episode of 2018. And as we do every year here on the podcast, we have questions for the SBC for this specific year. So we have 10 questions that we're going to cover today for 2018. What we do, we, we kind of give our best guesses uh, for these and uh, what we think may play out or just, you know, what to look for in uh, the topics that we cover in these questions. And then at the end of the year, we kind of go back and look and, and see how far off we were with our questions and, and maybe even our answers as well. Uh, we did that last week. You can check out our 2017 recap uh, on last week's episode uh, where we did this for 2017. So first up in 2018, it was our, our lead story for 2017. So uh, by default, I guess we made it our lead question for 2018. What will be the result of the IMB board's trial period for President David Platt serving as teaching pastor at McLean Bible Church? Yeah, so this is just one of those things that obviously uh, was a big story uh, when it hit that he would be serving as teaching pastor. But a little part of that story was that uh, they were sort of see- having some time to just really watch and see how it all uh, would go as he as he fulfilled his responsibilities preaching, um, and then also as he. Uh, said he was fully committed, you know, to leading the IMB. And so we know that that was something that was going to be uh, thought about. I think that'll be a question in everyone's mind. Uh, we have a lot of trust in the men and women that serve on the International Mission Board. So uh, very glad to place that in their hands. But I think people will be looking and uh, wondering about this. Yeah, and I think if I have my dates correct, their International Mission Board trustee meeting, the first one, the one that we'll be addressing this at is February 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in that range, that second full week of February. So, uh, you know, kind of about six weeks from now, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more maybe about this and uh, where things are headed with that. All right. So 
our second question is um, really just, I guess a question that's on everyone's minds is that as we go into a new year is just the, the economy the, at large, uh, but specifically how will economic changes in the U.S. and around the world, how will they impact church finances? So will this uh, affect the CP budget? Will giving, will we meet the uh, allocation budget for the cooperative program? Uh, will the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you know, what will we be seeing um, there? Will it kind of rebound, go go back up after it kind of normalized in 2017? Um, and will the Annie Armstrong Easter offering continue its growth in 2018 as it just had its record uh, year? So what will we see in, in all of these places? And there, there are other ways that Southern Baptist churches uh, and Southern Baptists give, but these are sort of the three that we really look at to see where we are. So as everyone watches uh, the economy and how it affects individuals and churches, I think these are the three things that are metrics for us. Yes, I totally agree. And I think as far as the, the, the wider economy, I expect, uh, expect economic growth. In the, in the wider economy, which I think is going to positively impact churches. Mm-hmm. I, however, I'm not quite sure how much that's going to trickle down to, or trickle up, I guess, to national entities. I, I don't know, um, how the, the changes in the tax code, the changes in, in different giving, uh, options that, that are out there will affect it. I, I think that the states may feel more of the brunt than some of the national entities, uh, not because of the, the percentages that are passed on or anything like that, but just, uh, from churches that are struggling uh, to stay afloat, not not that they're right. going to be giving less. I think there's just going to be some fewer churches in some of our bigger state areas. Uh, and Nam's doing a, a lot to try to stem that tide with the replanting process and the sin cities and and things like that. But that just takes time to get in place. As far as the the CP allocation budget, that's something that we continue to watch. I do think that we will probably make budget this year at 192 million dollars. It will be. Fascinating to see what the executive committee sets as the budget for next year, though, or sure. presents as the budget for next year uh, whenever they meet in February. So that that meeting is the third full week in February. I think somewhere around the the um, that would be the the nineteenth to the twentieth, somewhere in there of right. February. So that'll be something to watch there to see what they propose as the budget or will be bringing as the budget at the June annual meeting. I fully expect them to hold at 192. I, I don't know if it's going to go up or not. Uh, I think what we will see is is it hold at 192 uh, for the the national CP budget, uh, and and maybe even a a drop down to 190. I, I don't know. Uh, we could actually you know see 194 and 195. I don't really know. Uh, so we will see what happens with that in February. That'll be a good indicator, I think, for us. As well as, you know, every month we talk about the, the CP percentages. Uh, we're behind right now, but I, I did some math crunching. Uh, we only need $17.8 million in January of 2018 for the CP allocation budget to catch back up. We haven't had a January lower than that since 2012. And I, I don't have the data before that, but I think we were even higher than that before 2012. So I'm confident that at the end of January, we'll be looking at a surplus in the allocation budget for CP. Uh, we'll have mm-hmm. to see. I, I could be wrong on that, but I, based on historical trends, uh, it looks like we'll be above. Now, will we stay above? That's a different question. I don't know that. Right. And as far as Lottie Moon, I'm hearing good things. I think we'll probably be right at or right above last year's giving. So uh, that'll, that'll be good. And Annie, I, I really think, like I said last week on the episode, the more people understand the sin strategy, which they do, which they are, the more they will give, which they will. 
Uh, and I, I really think that we'll see a, another record Annie Armstrong Easter offering. I think we'll go over $60 million for the first time this year. Well, I can't wait to, uh, to find out. Obviously, we will want to talk about that uh, on the podcast and, and promote that, be excited about that leading up, and then in the fall, we'll find out the answer. All righty. Number three, Amy, who will be the next chairman of the executive committee of the SBC? Now, why, why is this such an important question? This is a, not really a, a question we ask a lot for the, uh, the trustee boards, Amy. So why this question? Well, yes, because Dr. Stephen Rummage has been serving, has served as chairman for the past two years. And I think did a very good job of just taking that on, um, served with a lot of grace and a lot of integrity, um, seemed very accessible. And uh, he probably was had a bit higher profile because the executive committee had a lot more things to uh, navigate this past year, particularly with the issue. We talked about it um, in our year in review with churches escrowing CP funds. And so uh, Dr. Rummage was much more involved in having to appoint you know, a special committee and things like that. And so what we saw in that is the chairman of the executive committee uh, is really a very important role. Um, because the executive committee plays an important role for us, for Southern Baptists. I mean, we only come together and exist as a convention two days a year. And then the people that we elect to the executive committee kind of, ha- you know, watching things for us, taking care of things, dealing with uh, cooperative program budget, but also paying attention to everything that is going on. And the role of chairman just becomes very important as a leader in that. Uh, so who the next person is? will be very interesting to find out. Yes, and don't forget we also have the Evangelism Task Force that is currently meeting. We don't know what those recommendations will be. Right. Uh, it's entirely possible that the executive committee may be called on to execute some of those. So yeah. uh, that role may even dovetail into the, the what we find out from the Evangelism's Task Force at the SBC this year. So uh, a lot going on there, and uh, we'll be watching for that election at a future executive committee meeting. All right, Amy, number four, how will health care changes affect Guidestone? We we talked about this a little bit last year. Uh, we thought the ACA would be, you know, repealed and replaced, and it was, right. it was neither. Um, it right. was modified a little bit. Uh, you know, the individual mandate went away, but uh, a lot of things still stand for that. There's still talk about that. I, I would expect some kind of movement on that this year, especially sure. heading into those midterm elections in the uh, fall. But we've also seen pastors and uh, different ministry leaders moving to different plans away from Guidestone in some instances, some going to Guidestone. Uh, there wasn't any mention of the, the health care at the annual recap that Guidestone had in Baptist Press earlier uh, this week. Uh, so we don't really know where the numbers are there. We'll have to watch that. And but I, I Guidestone, like any other healthcare provider, uh, you know, group provider, it, it's they're at the mercy of the government. And with uh, the the increases in the costs for healthcare, that affects Guidestone. That affects pastors, and pastors start looking for different things. So we'll have to see uh, how that affects them and what those changes are this year. And and hopefully Guidestone will be better for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is one of those things that. Kind of like math, Jonathan. I don't always understand everything. <laughs> That's because it involves so, numbers and budgets and right. things like that. So I just sort of trust people with with this one. And if they tell me this is good, this is not good, I just say, okay, glad it's in your hands. Um, thankfully, Keith is very good with all of these things. And so, um, I, I'm able to just say, Hey, whatever you decide, I think that sounds great. That sounds great. Um, yeah. yes, but 
I do know enough, and uh, because I follow enough in the realm of politics, I do know enough to understand that what's happening in the broader conversation um, has a tremendous direct impact on Guidestone, and then, therefore, it affects our churches. So I think that's a huge question for 2018. It is. All right. This one maybe is a little bit more in your wheelhouse, Amy. What does 2018 look like for SBC seminaries? Yeah, so we went a little broader with this question. Last year, we talked specifically about the transition to online education, um, which I think is still a huge part of that question um, and will continue to be for all seminaries, frankly, and for all of higher education. Uh, But we have had some stories over the last year, particularly uh, with Gateway, with their transition this past year, looking at... um, at, at what sort of a new day looks like there. Yeah, a reset, uh, so to speak. Right, right. Um, as well as uh, we had a story in the fall uh, with Southwestern making some announcements, having some some uh, cuts there as well. And uh, I, I think it's just interesting to look out. We have six, uh, we have six seminaries, all sort of with their own unique um, offerings and and personalities, even as we stand together under the same confession. Um, and I think all offering just tremendous things uh, for the churches and for those who are raising up out of our churches being called out to end up going back um, to to end up going into the pastorate, to the mission field, to other areas of ministry. So there's great work that's happening. Um, but I do think that it's uh, as things change in higher education as a whole in, uh, and then in, in theological education, I think it will be interesting to see a year from now when we're answering these questions. So it's kind of a broad one. What does 2018 look like for SBC seminaries? But it it's a question that I don't really know the answer to. And I um, as you said, it's a bit more personal. I definitely want to know what 2018 uh, has looked like for SBC seminaries. Like you said, there's many aspects affecting seminaries, uh, whether it be just the location they have, uh, the different types of ministries, the different types of, uh, you know, even campuses, you know, with Gateway, with uh, almost fully commuter campus at, at Gateway. It's not completely commuter campus, but a lot different uh, on than the uh, the on-campus at maybe a Southern or Southeastern or something like that. And then you have New Orleans, which is our seminary that has the most extension centers. They have extension centers all over the Southeast. Uh, does that, you know, how does that look in 2018 uh, versus what it looked like maybe in 2008? And then right. uh, we, uh, something I don't think we've talked a lot about here on the podcast or just in general, I haven't seen much about, it, but the the Houston campus at Southwestern, uh, the effects that the uh, the floods and the hurricanes in Houston had on them, uh, and then you mentioned sure. uh, the layoffs, the ten percent cuts uh, of uh, staff at uh, the the main campus there in Fort Worth that they they had to have this fall. So you know Southwestern has their own unique challenges, and and so does Midwestern and Southern and and Southeastern. So uh, while you mentioned that they have their own unique flavor, every one of them has their own unique challenges, and uh, the economy affects some differently than others, and. Uh, you know, it's it's something that we continue to watch for in 2018. Absolutely. All right. So question number six, how much progress will be made in send cities in 2018? A lot. All right. Question yes. number seven. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, well, the send cities initiative, again, continues to impress me. Uh, I, I've been extremely impressed at, at how that has gone and the number of churches we've started. Uh, we're seeing the, a continued uptick in that. And I think we're also seeing... Uh, fewer churches die, which is a good thing. Uh, not not the sin churches, but uh, the churches you know the, some of the older churches that are that are at risk of closure. 
are getting new life because of the replanting efforts of North American Mission Board. So you couple that with the new churches that are starting because of the Sin Cities. Uh, if fewer churches dying, more churches being born, that's a good thing. Uh, we're, we're seeing some great things out of the Sin Cities initiative. And, you know, I, it always blows my mind to see those numbers. That, and when Kevin Ezell gets up there in June and starts talking about, you know, since we started the Sin Cities initiative in, the, in New England, there are this many churches where there were this many before and baptisms and how many baptisms are coming from these new churches. Uh, always excited to see that. And I can't wait for that in June. But, uh, you know, my outlook for the Sin Cities, very positive. Nice. All right. All right. So this next one is really in your, your wheelhouse, Amy. What will be the decision on Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission? And what will be its impact on religious liberty in the U.S.? This is the uh, bake the cake or don't bake the cake argument. Right. It's uh, in front of the SCOTUS right now, right? It is. Um, and man, it is so hard to answer this question. I do not know. Um, I don't have a final, final uh, just guess that I'm really confident in. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious listening to the arguments and reading the transcript. I spent a lot of time reading that. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that we're going to come down to a 4-4 four, four with one swing vote, who is the typical uh, swing vote, um, and that's uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy. In these few decades, the truth is uh, of when you look at chief justices and you look at um, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first uh, female justice, you look at all of these, the one justice in this sort of recent um, Supreme Court kind of in our lifetime, the one justice that I think is going to have the long lasting legacy is going to be Justice Kennedy because he's been the swing vote on so many cases. And I don't think uh, this will be any different. I find it really difficult to tell which way he's going to go. I think um, in a, there, there was a portion of the argument that it seems like he maybe was uh, kind of pushing more in the direction of Masterpiece Cake Shop, uh, but I think it can sometimes be hard to tell. So I think we will see a 5-4 decision. I don't know for sure what it will be. Um, I think even when we see a 5-4 decision, we will see some concurring opinions and things where, you know, obviously you have the dissenting opinion, but I think you'll have whoever writes the majority opinion. But then I think you'll have people um, who say, well, we ultimately voted with this side, but for different reasons, um, because it did seem like people were coming at it from different angles. Um, and obviously its impact on religious liberty will be huge. Uh, because this will really will really say something. Now, here's something that I think will be intriguing, though. If the decision goes in the favor of Masterpiece Cake Shop, um, Alliance Defending Freedom, the attorneys used an interesting argument that really hit away from sort of the typical uh, religious liberty argument that we hear and actually went toward a free speech argument saying that this was um, that this was the creation of art. And so going at it from that argument, um, I think it it will be interesting to see how that how that is interpreted because there was even a line of questioning that Justice Sotomayor and maybe some with uh, Justice Kagan and Ginsburg as well that was kind of hitting on well who who else would be included in this? Does this include a florist? Does this include a makeup artist? Does this include a, you know, a hairdresser? And there was a point where that sort of began, you know, that the hair started getting split 
um, on that. So I think the impact for religious liberty, even if it is in favor of Masterpiece Cake Shop, I think the actual argument that was made, basing it in free speech um, and artistic creation, could mean that this still doesn't necessarily satisfy uh, some of the questions that we have about the ability to uh, sort of practice religious freedom in the marketplace. Uh, in in the and particularly in the business of weddings, so I I'll be intrigued to see not only what the vote is but what the opinions are. That will tell us a lot. All right. Well, I I want to see just one day, like Sotomayor or the notorious RBG vote like in favor of the ADF side of things. Just just for the the utter meltdown that would happen online and you know in the in the press. That would just be fascinating to watch. You know. There's all these um, cases that we talk about all the time, but none of these are the cases that have interest. There's one case that has interested me the most over my lifetime. And um, ultimately, and that case actually went to the Supreme Court twice yeah, on two different questions. The one involving your dad? That's correct. That's why I care about it more. Um, so, uh, so I know more about that case than, than anything. And, uh, and the, final decision was a nine to zero. So in favor, his, uh, they, they, their side won. Um, but I always kind of liked that and say, well, okay, that's a vote that, uh, people say, you know, people seem to never like. Now that's Sotomayor was not on the, yeah. the court. This was, um, Roberts and Alito were the newest ones on there, but Ginsburg voted in favor of, um, of the association where my dad worked. So, uh, I have one case, the case I care most about, that I was quite fine with yeah. Ginsburg's vote. And, and just to be clear, this was like a high school athletics case. So it had nothing yeah. to do with religion. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. So uh, that, that's a different world and, and different things. So uh, yeah, yes. that, that is. But but I can. But you but can it, say that that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was supportive of your father, which I. I can in that one in the five four vote before um, which on the first question which they did not prevail on um, and she she did not vote with them but that's okay in the end they walked away with a a, a decision they were pleased with um, but it does show us as well that they they deliberate on a lot of cases outside of religious issues that are important uh, for many people and so. Um, I have a lot of respect, even for the the ones I disagree with. I have a lot of respect for the work that they do. All right. Well, one other case that may wind up at the Supreme Court, the minister's housing allowance. Will that be repealed, Amy? Man, I don't know. I I, I have no prediction. Well, it, it keeps getting kicked out in that Ninth Circuit Court yes. up there in Wisconsin. Uh, yes. The same judge keeps kicking it out. The same group keeps bringing arguments against it. I think it eventually is going to go away. I don't know if it'll be now. I do think the appeals will continue to win and uh, prevail and it will stay in place. Uh, I, I do think that is something that is being missed by a lot of people right now. Uh, it's kind of under the radar uh, because right. I think people just expect it to stay and expect it to get repealed. Uh, the, 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 um, they expect the, the judgment to get, to get thrown out. Uh, but we will continue to see. So who knows what will happen to that. It's just something to kind of keep watching because it seems to – it seems to keep coming up every year or two, and uh, it's just something to watch. Speaking of something to watch, Amy, number nine. Yes. Who will run for SBC president, and what will be the outcome of the election? I, 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 we can't really predict the outcome if we don't know who's running yet, I guess. 
Right, exactly. So this is obviously the question um, that we ask every two years. Uh, all Southern Baptists are typically asking this because in the sort of in-between year, um, a president can can run for two consecutive terms and that's it. So um, Steve Gaines obviously ran unopposed this past year and uh, was that at that point he's just elected by um, acclamation. Um, well, he so was elected this, by acclamation the year before, too. He was, but I just was really just talking sort of obviously, or this is, we know. So it wasn't a question this past year, and it typically isn't in the off years. Yes. So, all right, because he's not the only one. I mean, um, in New Orleans in 2012, Fred Luter was elected by acclamation. He ran unopposed. That's correct. For his Both first terms. year. Yes. That's right. So that can happen, but it it is something that we're very accustomed to happening sort of on the second year. Because of the election with uh, Steve Gaines and J.D. Greer and and the way that all took place and conversation that, that took place around that election led people to speculate about 2018. So I think it's probably on people's minds even more. Yeah, has uh, been than for two normal. years. Right, it has been for two years. So discussion would kind of stir up again. So I think that's a legitimate question that we ask every couple of years. Uh, but I think in 2018, more people are probably asking it uh, now. So here's the thing on that one. Some of these, we don't know at the end of the year if it will have been a big deal. We don't know if we will have the answer on that one. We will know the answer. Yes, we will. And we'll yeah. also know the answer to number 10, which I I have a personal interest in, will we break 10,000 messengers in Dallas? I hope so. Because if we do, your boss owes me a stake. That's right. And if because, not, then yes. I'm, I'm on the hook. And the, the answer to that question is, it's really up to Southern Baptists. Yes. So all of our listeners out there, if you haven't made your plans to go to Dallas, make your plans now. Be there. Yep. This Hotel is, reservations are available. Yes. Housing yes, is open. they are. Yes. SBCAnnualMeeting.net. Come to Dallas. Be a part. Um, decisions are made by those who show up. Yep. We love to say that. And bring and, your friends. Yes. And and encourage others uh, to come as well. So yep. uh, this, is, this is something that I think is part of our cooperation. Uh, you know, we focus a lot on the cooperative program and on sending our resources, uh, which is a huge thing that we do. We do more together than we can do apart. Uh, but being together, gathering as the Southern Baptist Convention um, to really take part in the work, um, that's that's something, uh, that's an aspect of it as well. And so uh, even before I was uh, working uh, as a, you know, even before I was working at Southeastern or Lifeway, um, just going as a part of our church when the Keith was pastoring, it's a really important thing uh, to participate in. So I'm encouraging everyone, come, 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 help us break 10,000. Yes. And if, if you think there's not a lot to do, you know, while you're there in Dallas, maybe bring the family or something like that, there's plenty to do. Dallas is one of those cities that I think people forget how much there is in the city. Uh, there's a Six Flags theme park. You've got the Rangers. You've got the, uh, the Dallas, uh, football club, uh, Dallas FC. Uh, the, the soccer team, the MLS team there, they'll probably have a game or something, you know, maybe going on during that time as well. Um, there's the JFK Museum. There's AT&T Stadium, uh, Jerry World. You can take tours of that. Uh, there's Fort Worth and the Stockyards. There's Tex-Mex Galore in Dallas, uh, as well as, you know, there's a couple of Southern Baptist entities there that you can tour. Uh, I know Southwestern's having a big shindig on the Wednesday night after 
the SPC annual meeting. And then, you know, there's the SPC annual meeting, which in itself is a grand time uh, yes. and, and a, a great experience. And we've got a, uh, you know, the pastor's conference this year. We're waiting to hear some more details on that. The annual meeting, the the vote for the, the election for president. I mean, there's a lot going on. And uh, there's always great things. I know, Amy, you guys are planning some great stuff at Southeastern. Our friends at Southern are as well. A lot of the other entities are. I mean, it's going to be a big, big, big blowout there in Dallas. Uh, a Lifeway, we're really looking forward to it as well. So join us in Dallas. Like you said, Amy, decisions are made by those who show up. And we hope that you and 9,999 of your friends will show up as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our questions for 2018. Give us your thoughts online on Facebook or Twitter and uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think about these questions. And that's also going to bring us to our resource of 2018, the one that we're looking forward to the most. And it is a book by Amy Whitfield. This at least I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I didn't know you were going to do this. Yes. So Amy, tell us about your book. Tell us, give us the details I know all of our listeners will be uh, ready to go and pre-order it as soon as it's available on Amazon or at Lifeway.com. So tell us more about it. So this is a book that is co-authored with uh, Keith Harper, who's a history professor here at Southeastern Seminary, teaches Baptist history, and uh, has has taught for a a long time and has written. um, And uh, it's basically, it's kind of a reference. It's called SBCFAQs. Um, so this was something that about a year ago, we started talking about it and it's been a really fun project to work on. And it really came out of being around, uh, students more than anything as students who would take the SBC class here or would take even Baptist history classes here and the questions that they would have about just sort of the basic, um, workings of the Southern Baptist convention. So essentially we just took the some of the most um just the most simple questions i mean even down to uh you know how it came into existence these are things that a lot of us sort of assume because we spend a lot of time in uh, in this uh but a lot of first time messengers or uh seminary students starting out or even college students starting out they don't know these things or they don't know the difference between uh the executive committee president and the SBC president they don't really know what the executive committee does um and we would work through these uh questions with the students but really wanted to to have some sort of a resource that was very uh, easy for them to have in the classroom but also might be a great resource for first-time messengers, um, for pastors to use with their churches, for anyone who's interested in learning more. So it's, uh, I mean, it's nothing like uh, on the edge of your seat, you know, hairpin turns, anything like that, but it's a it's a resource that I, I hope um, will be helpful, kind of a ready reference uh, type thing. And we hope in future years, um, uh, B&H Academic uh, got excited about the project, so we hope in future years that as as new questions arise, uh, you know, then then we could could add to it. Well, as they have well. to be add. They have to be asked frequently, though. It can't just be new, right? They have to be asked frequently. Fair, but maybe they'll get asked frequently, or maybe someone will say, "Hey, this is a question I ask frequently. You didn't address this, and we'll get a chance to add it." I have a lot of those, but yes, you you yes. D- you ignore me anyway. Right. And some of them are really basic, like every single entity, you know, what does this entity do? And, and you'd be surprised that there are a lot of folks out there that 
don't really know. And so we wanted to just hit, and the, the answers are very straightforward and uh, not a lot of uh, digging into the weeds, just saying, here's what this entity does. These are their ministry assignments. And so it just makes it very easy for people to pick up, find the answers they're looking for um, quickly. So that was kind of our, our goal. Um, not a huge, you know, uh, thick piece or anything, but we're, we're really excited about it. I believe it comes out in March. So uh, that's, that's pretty fun. I want to throw in another resource if I can, because it's one that is uh, by someone else here at Southeastern and is just oh, coming Oh, I thought out. you were going to say me. I'm like, I don't have a book coming, Amy. No. Um, and it's sort of on a similar topic. So Scott Hildreth, who is the uh, director of our Center for Great Commission Studies here at Southeastern, and also he uh, is one of our professors on faculty in the area of missions. He has just written a book that's coming out January 15th, um, also with B&H, and it's called Together on God's Mission, How Southern Baptists Cooperate to Fulfill the Great Commission. And so it actually is focusing in a little bit more in detail. So where we sort of go 10,000 feet, how do we just answer the basic questions to help people become more involved? Um, Dr. Hildreth is really hitting on uh, how and why the SBC uh, came to embrace the cooperative program and what it's there for, what it does. Uh, so I think that's actually a really great resource yeah, as a, well. Yeah, it's a good question too, because that's something that we, we kind of continue to address constantly. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the 100th anniversary soon. Yeah. So, yes, we are. And so he and I uh, have talked a lot about because uh, both of these things were coming out close to the same time and, and really have the same heart um, with these works and Dr. Harper as well, that, you know, engagement really starts with information. People need to know what they're engaging in. And that's really the desire. It's not to, you know, it, it, it's really to just say, and in particular with a new generation of students coming in. I mean, one question that's in our SBC FAQs is, you know, what, um, what is the conservative resurgence? This is a term that we throw around all the time because we all know um, what it was. And even though I was not, you know, around in the eighties and, and wasn't really even seeing anything in the mid nineties. I, I was working at Southern Seminary in the late nineties, early two thousands, where still a lot of things were being discussed. There were a lot of people around. Um, well, now you have a whole new generation of students that are coming. And then even, you know, folks who are coming into our churches who have no idea. So we throw this term around. And they don't even know what we're talking about. Um, so there's, when we think of getting more people engaged in the process, we can't skip the step of informing them. Like we have to to uh, be there with the with the answers to their questions. And so I think that's uh, been the desire on both parts, and definitely part of Dr. Hildreth's desire as well is to show why we cooperate, um, so that people will be more inspired to do that. Well, that sounds like a great resource, Amy. Can't wait to see that one as well. Uh, personally, I'm looking more forward to yours, but you know, that that's just a little bias, probably. Thanks. <laughs> Don't tell Scott. Uh, I won't. But um, Scott, if you listen, thanks for listening. I promise, I'll say nice things about your book. It's too. A, it's it's your second favorite. Yes, that's yes. that's what you need second to say. favorite okay. book we've talked about on this podcast. So perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. We we are excited about 2018. There's a lot uh, that can happen and there's a lot that will happen in the SBC in 2018. And uh, these are just some of the questions that we have 
for 2018. And, and if you have more, again, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and we may include some listener questions later in the month. And uh, we'll be back with our regular episodes of news and views and recaps of everything that's going on uh, weekly in the SBC next week here on the podcast. But thanks again for joining us. Thanks again to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary for sponsoring us this week. And we will see you next week. See you next week.